I invite you to remain standing in body or spirit as you are able as we read from God's holy word today. Um, today we're starting a new worship series, uh, Grateful, Thankful, Blessed. And so today our scripture has something to teach us about what it means and the power that it brings to be grateful. Let us receive these words from Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, 10 men with a skin disease approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, were not ten made clean? So where are the other nine? Did none of them return to give glory to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Y'all can grab a seat. My name is Kathleen McMurray. I am one of the pastors on staff here. And um, just about every week, it is my joy and my privilege to be here with this worshiping community. And whether you are joining with us in person or whether you are worshiping with us online, we, I am thankful for your presence today. As Brooke said, we come into this time of worship from all different places in life and in faith. If you're like me, this week um, has been a bit of a difficult one. As we've processed through uh, the news, as we've processed through the violence that we see around us, the capacity of human beings to hate, the capacity of human beings to do harm. As Christians, there is a challenge for us to never mistake the people of a country or a territory or a group for those in power over it. Um, To not mistake in people who we believe are made in the image of God um, with the governments or agencies that are in power. While they are made up of people, those individuals are different. and they have value in the eyes of God. And so it breaks God's heart, it breaks all of our hearts when violence ensues, um, when people, all people, any people, um, are killed and are harmed at the hands of others. Our chapel will be open this coming week here at the church if you need some time to pray and to reflect and to find solace and sanctuary um, that will be open for you, and you are welcome to come. Let us turn to God in an attitude of prayer. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So what does it mean to be made well. We hear in this scripture passage, Jesus telling the Samaritan that he has been made well. What does it mean to be well? Is it 
a matter of physical health and well-being? Is it a matter of financial security or safety? Is it a matter of fulfillment and purpose? Yes, it is all of those things wellness is. And yet, if we really listen to this story, it is also something more. We encounter Jesus in the story for today on his way to Jerusalem. This isn't simply a geographical marker, but it is a reminder to the hearers and readers of Luke's gospel, the point in Jesus's story in which we find him. Jesus, at this point in his ministry, has caused quite a ruckus. He has been teaching, he has been healing, he has been preaching, he has been working towards freedom for the oppressed and good news to the poor, and along the way, he has made a lot of enemies. And he, at this point in Luke's gospel, has set his sights on Jerusalem, has begun making his way towards that place where eventually he will be arrested and crucified and where he will die. The placement then of this story in the middle of that has some tension that is building behind it for Luke's hearers and us as readers. There is tension building as well as Jesus finds himself between Galilee, which is where he grew up, that region of the world in which Jesus grew up, and Samaria. Samaria that was the home to the Samaritans, which you may be familiar with in stories like the Good Samaritan or the woman at the well. Samaritans were peoples who, when the kingdom of Israel broke apart many centuries before, the Samaritans began to worship and have the core and the capital of their faith at Samaria. And the Jewish people down in the, in the country of Judah, the southern kingdom of Israel, worshipped at Jerusalem. And over the years, these two groups found conflict with one another. There was violence, there was oppression, there was this enmity and hatred that began to build up. And so Jesus finds himself not only on his way to Jerusalem, to that place that would mean execution for him, but he also finds himself in the midst of this tension between Galilee and Samaria. And in the midst of this tension, he encounters 10 men who are suffering, 10 men who are outside of the village, the city center, because as people with skin diseases, they would have not been allowed inside the village or the city center. Those with skin diseases may have had something from, it could have been eczema or boils or rashes, but because they didn't know the cause of any of these skin diseases, they didn't know how contagious they were, they didn't have that scientific knowledge, for the sake of the health of the whole, those with skin diseases were expelled were sent to the margins outside of the place where others gathered. For those with skin diseases, then their ailments would not only have been physical, but would have been emotional 
social, spiritual as well, because as they were sent off and away from the village or the city, they would have also been isolated from their family, their friends, their faith communities, their worship life. It was an incredibly difficult thing to experience for these 10 men. And so I imagine that as Jesus came forward, as they encountered him again in the midst of this tense geographical region, in the midst of the struggles of their lives, they cry out, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. They would have known of Jesus. Again, he was famous for his healing, for his power, for his teachings. And they cry out to him, perhaps with a hope, a wish, a prayer, that he would be able to help them in their plight. And Jesus doesn't ask any questions, doesn't require anything of them. He simply says, go, go and show yourselves to the priests. This was a step towards becoming a part of the community once again. The priests, you see, would have, when people were cleared of their skin diseases, anointed them, welcoming them back into the worshiping community. At that point, they would have been able once again to be a part of the worship life because they were cleansed, a part of their family and friends' lives because they were no longer a potential danger or health hazard to those whom they loved. These men, as they are instructed to go and show themselves to the priest, must have known that somehow along the way, this would mean physical healing because they go. And as they go, as they follow after the master Jesus' words, they find themselves cleansed. They find themselves free of their skin ailments. I can only imagine what it would have been like to realize the change in life that that would bring. Nine of the men rush back into Galilee, into the village, back to their families, back to their friends. Perhaps there were children that they had not seen in a long time that they got to hug close and kiss back to the worshiping community, to be a part of this life of faith, to be a part of their village. They must have been so excited that they forgot to turn around and see and bear witness to the one who had caused them this great joy. But one of the 10 men Samaritan, one of the enemies, turned around and went back to Jesus, praising God with a loud voice. And he goes and he gets on the ground in front of Christ and worships and gives thanks. And Jesus wonders what happened to the rest. The only one who came back to give thanks was the foreigner, the enemy. But Jesus then tells him to get up and to go on his way, that his faith has made him well. Now, all 
10 of these men were cleansed. All 10 of these men had been physically healed. So what was it about the faith of this one man that made him well? The word in Greek there for being made well is a word that has a nuance of complete and total healing, of a wholeness, of salvation. There was something in this man coming back and giving thanks, coming back being grateful, that gave him a deeper salvation, a deeper wholeness, a deeper wellness than even the physical healing that he had experienced did. Gratitude makes a difference. Gratitude makes a difference in our lives. No matter what those lives look like, no matter what circumstance we find ourselves in, gratitude has a deep power to change us from the inside out. Dr. Richard Emmons, Robert Emmons, a psychologist from David, Davis, California, is known as being the lead psychological expert in the scientific community on gratitude that there is. And Dr. Emmons performed an experiment a number of years back where he brought together folks from the ages of three to 80, and he had them divide up, and some of them would record their daily lives in complaint journals, writing down everything that was wrong with the day. And then another group of people recorded their lives in terms of gratitude, finding things to be thankful for. Now, these weren't all wealthy and satisfied individuals. This group of people between the ages of 3 and 80 were from all sorts of socioeconomic classes, all sorts of health circumstances, all ethnicities and genders and races. And over the three weeks that they recorded this, they found an amazing difference. That for the people that were keeping these gratitude journals, the people that were finding something every day to give thanks and be grateful for, no matter what all was happening in their lives, they began to see a change in their lives. Their blood pressure was less. They developed stronger immune systems. They became less bothered by aches and pains. They began to care more about their health and exercise more. They had higher levels of positive emotions. They were more alert, alive, and awake. They had more optimism and happiness. They also became more forgiving, more generous and compassionate and helpful towards other people. They began to feel less lonely and isolated. Being grateful enables and empowers us to find good, to combat the negative emotions in our brains, which are detrimental to our health. Venting, getting stuff off our chest, can be helpful, right? 
When people make us mad or when something frustrates us, it can be good to get it out in the open. But sometimes we can get into these venting echo chambers where everything just seems to spiral downward into negativity. And that increases something called cortisol. It adds more stress to our lives, changes our brain makeup, and it has really negative impacts. Gratitude helps to combat that. Gratitude also enables us to better connect with each other and value each other. It also empowers us to be better humans for one another in that connection, not only with others, but with God, the one to whom we are grateful. By an expression of gratitude, recognizing where his healing came from, the Samaritan, the foreigner, the outcast was able to connect with Jesus and be made well. Being grateful isn't something that we just post about on social media or hang a plaque or a, an art piece about in our homes. Being grateful is something that makes a deep difference in our lives. The life of the Samaritan, while it had been changed by the healing, still made him an enemy to the Jewish people. He was still separated from those Galileans with whom he had shared life with outside of that village because he was the Samaritan, he was the other. He still had lots to contend with in life and like all of us, I'm sure that his life was not going to be perfect after that moment of healing. And yet his, his gratitude made a difference. Being grateful made him well. This isn't to diminish the hurts and pains that we experience by any means. This week my heart has hurt so much by the human capacity for violence that I've witnessed. My heart has hurt so much as one of my friend's fathers died suddenly. My heart has hurt with a loved one of mine receiving a cancer diagnosis. It would be disingenuous of us as Christians in the midst of hurt and pain to say, well, just be grateful and everything's going to work out okay. <laughs> but looking for good, looking for moments of goodness, seeking out God's presence, even in the midst of the struggle, does make a difference in our lives. I was a student at Louisiana State University in Baton Rouge when Hurricane Katrina hit. And our campus became a hub for all sorts of relief efforts. They bust people in from New Orleans and they asked for volunteers to help get them settled, um, collect information so that they could find places to go, family to connect with, and be able to survive. 
As I was volunteering at this hub, I heard a number of heartbreaking stories from the people. The people that were in New Orleans, not because they didn't want to evacuate, but because they had no means to evacuate. Who were left behind and sat on rooftops as the waters rose around their homes, watching everything that they knew be destroyed, the lives that they knew fall apart, watching debris float by in the water, and sometimes bodies as well. It was gut-wrenching. And yet one of the women that I spoke to, who had that same story as so many others, ended her story to me by saying, but I am just so grateful to God. And she must have seen the surprised look, the astounded look on my face. And she said, honey, I've had a lot of struggles in my life. And if I didn't find reasons to be grateful, I wouldn't have made it this far. This woman who had lived in poverty for much of her life, who had seen loved ones die, who didn't know where some of her loved ones were, sought out glimpses of goodness to be grateful for. And it served for her as a means of resistance to the temptation of being overwhelmed by the bad being overwhelmed by hopelessness. There was this resilient hope that she was able to hold on to when she sought out gratitude. In the midst of the storm, in the midst of the destruction, in the midst of the pain and all she could experience, gratitude, gratitude helped to make her well. Not because her life was perfect or would be in the future, but because it gave her something to hold on to in the present. It enabled her to see glimpses of light amidst the muck of destruction. There's a lot in our lives that goes wrong as we live in a world of pain and of hurt, of violence. It can be overwhelming. And yet, if we, if we look for glimpses of goodness, if we can look for glimmers of hope, if we can find something to be grateful for, to turn to God with, in the midst of all of the mess, we can find resilience. We aren't grateful because we are good or life is good. We are grateful because God is good. And God gives us hope even in the midst of the most awful of circumstances. God gives us strength in the midst of those things which would weigh us down completely. Being grateful means that there is one greater than us that has the power to make us well. The power to move our hearts and minds and souls. And the power to transform even the most hardened, hateful hearts into those of love. So let's, let's today seek out gratitude 
in the midst of all that we are facing to look for glimpses of good in the midst of whatever life brings us so that we can discover wellness, we can discover resilience, we can discover a hope and a love and a mercy in a God that has more for us than we can imagine. Let us pray. God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks that even in the midst of destruction, we are not alone. We give you thanks that even in the midst of doubts, that you give us faith. And even in the midst of circumstances that can overwhelm, you offer us glimpses of goodness to be grateful for. We pray, God, that as we go about this week, that in whatever circumstances we may find ourselves, that you will point us towards those glimpses of good that we can know that we are not alone. And that in experiencing gratitude, we can know that you are with us.